2: It's Rick Tittle!
3: Alrighty then, thank you for that, and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports. I'm already registering very low. Hey, how you doing? Rick Tittle with you on a Friday, three hours of talk. How much will be sports? Hmm. The beginning and the end of each hour, like counting right now. Whew. I did my NFL breakdown, Rick's Picks, R-I-X-P-I-X, yesterday. So I'm just giving you a warning. Rick, don't do that. Make them stay. (laughs) I'm going to... I'll see if I get into trouble if I sneak in some sports talk today. Jan Wall is back. need to talk to her about her fantastic trip to Normandy. I could do a whole hour on that. But we do have some celebrity guests coming up. Uh, and then in the second hour, director Louis Schwartzberg, who's a favorite of one of my friends who loves him, he's got a new movie called Gratitude Revealed. Actor Michael Lombardi from Rescue Me has a new movie. Uh, we'll check in with our ATN friends. Then we have comedians Mike Kaplan at Raleigh Goodnights, Chris Porter, our good buddy from Helium Portland, and Brant Tobler, Helium Philly. There's a lot of helium in the air. When it's time to change, you got to rearrange who you are and what you're going to be. All right, sorry. Uh, tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. I'm sitting right next to the Twitch computer. But uh, as they say in uh, my hometown, it ain't working none. But we do have all those other things going on. Uh, American Forces Radio Network, happy weekend to our brave men and women out there. They're the ones that keep us safe and allow us to do this frivolity and mirth. 1-800-878-PLAY to get in. We'll do a full show. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle, Jan Wall. Coming back, we'll see you in a second.
2: Phone wants to know: Are you an influencer, a big live streamer? No? Then guess what: You don't need an endless data plan. Get just the right amount of data with TrackPhone's forty dollars unlimited talk and text smartphone plan. Now with eight gigs of high-speed data and unlimited carryover on America's largest, most dependable network. Now with five G, get the data you need at the price you want. TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. Available at major retailers. Five G compatible device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. See terms and conditions at TrackPhone.com.
1: work a call right now and get our free audiobook guide 800-514-0521 800-514-0521 that's 800-514-0521
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. we got a really big show. It's Friday, and after a uh, fortnight, we welcome back our good friend Jan Wall. How are we doing, Janie?
7: A big salute to all the people down at the... uh, um, uh, the, uh, the, I went to the uh, beaches at Normandy. And it's, excuse me, I'm still a little jet-lagged. I just got back, but it was fantastic. I went down to Normandy Beaches, saw where uh, everything happened down there, uh, then uh, went to Ireland, loved Ireland. I would really recommend people to go over there. It's a great time to travel, and everyone is so warm and welcoming.
3: All right, well, let's get to our guests. We want to hear much more about that later, Jan, but uh, we're very happy to be joined from the duo behind Pet Caves, Yay. it's a new TV series coming to Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's Kayla Oliver and Nina Ferrer. You two, welcome. I like how you've joined forces because, Kayla, you're the pet expert. Nina, you know how to make stuff. So when did you come together? Let's start with you, Kayla. How did it all kick off?
8: Hello. Thank you for having us. Um, so it for me, it all, it all started off by a production company reaching out. To see if I'd be interested in uh, fulfilling this really fun role, uh, working alongside Nina, just helping some families find some solutions to things that they had going on in their life with their pets, um, is something I've been doing for about twelve years now. So it was really, really exciting to uh, be able to do it for a TV show. Um, so, yeah, Good. what a fun thing! This is jam Well,
7: I just love it because. I'm a pet fanatic, and I have a couple dogs, and, you know, they have a very spoiled, special place in our home. Um, so you go into people's homes, and you you fix the environment so the pet is extremely happy. And uh, what could be better? Making animals happy. That's the whole reason for living.
8: Right. Absolutely. And also making sure that owners are feeling super comfortable, you know, with their pets as well. It's one of the main focuses that I like to focus on is making sure the relationship between the pet and the owner is h- as harmonious as possible. So, you know, I think with Nina's expertise on making a really cool space for them, you know, it, it definitely uh, provided that.
3: All right, Nina, so how do you, uh, I mean, you wanna make your mark, but you don't want something too outlandish. So how do you draw the line between traditional and unique?
9: Oh, I don't think that we draw a line.
3: <laughs> I,
9: think that, um, I think that we really go off of what the pet needs, what the parent needs, and what the space needs. I think as a designer, as a creative person, you have to really let the environment and the people in the environment speak to you. From, from my personal experience, professionally and personally, it's, um, that's really the only way to get a good design. Is Could you give us a, what's happening. a few examples? Um, so we had an exa- a good example is there's one episode where it's um, a young couple and they have a cat and they are very, very much so in tune with each other. I even go as far as to call them soulmates. Um, I think that their cat is their cat soulmate. And I think I was listening to them and seeing them without... He was hearing them without them saying the words and the ultimate design wound up being a tree of sorts and a really built-in custom... Um, personalized design for them and they wound up telling Kayla and I that uh, the boyfriend's name has um, sequoia in it which is a tree. She calls him a tree. Um, So they had this tree lineage in the history of their relationship and just by being in tune with them, I wound up designing a tree for them. So I think just listening is important in design. God,
7: that's so great. I always think of a zen kind of a Zen thing for the for cats, you know. Like I could see a, a, a Zen temple for a
9: cat environment. Oh, this yeah. This cat was um. He was much. He was Zen. He had his own little yoga mat, personalized size for him. But he was also a jumper, a climber, oh, uh-huh. a, a walker, a fish hunter, um, uh-huh. an entertainer. So. Yeah. He was a special, special cat, to say the How least. How
7: great. What a fun thing. You know, Chicken Soup for the Soul, I just wrote an article about Killy Big, which was this wonderful thing that Chicken Soup for the Soul did about plus size women who uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. We had the uh, w- woman on who put it together. Uh, so Chicken Soup for the Soul is doing all these really interesting things on the air. Yeah, they, they are. are. Mm. Yeah.
3: Kayla, tell us a little bit. So you guys go down to a, like a PetSmart to get this. It's not like you've got Rodeo Drive unlimited resources. So you have to make it work, right?
8: Yes, absolutely. Um, we did all of our shopping at PetSmart. Um, and, you know, we we put together things that we felt like all of the individual pets needed. Some of the episodes... There were kind of specific things that um, were requested that we were able to get. But, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I was not as uh, involved as in, the, in the design budget. You know what I mean? It would be able to tell you more about that. But we definitely uh, found most of our solutions through PetSmart.
7: Such a great idea. I mean, really. So what's with the dogs? How, we talked about cats. What have you done for dogs, an example?
8: We have dogs in several episodes, Um, you know, and, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but we, we honestly, people who will watch the show will think that it's super relatable because we just found a lot of like common things going on. You know, we had one episode where we had a dog that was barking the entire time. Um, You know, we had another episode where a dog was escaping their yard. So You know, what I loved about it was that it was it was pretty normal for me as far as like this is the type of stuff I help people with every day and um dogs are really my main focus. Uh so it was really cool to to we had families that even had multiple pets, dogs included. So there were a lot of solutions for dogs um throughout the show.
3: Was there ever a pet meltdown? <laughs>
8: A pet meltdown. Nina, was there? Well, I, honestly, I will, say the, I will say there's an episode with a dog named Chicken where I think the owners were having an internal meltdown uh-huh. with how much this dog was escaping the yard. Um, so, you know, none of, luckily there's no crazy drama with the dogs. We found really great solutions for everybody. Um, but, yeah, I think every, I think all the pet parents were having mini meltdowns, meltdowns and we were able to come in and kind of help them with that.
9: I think both Kayla and I had our work cut out for us because animals are unpredictable. So on Kayla's end, you know, when she's doing the training portion with the the homeowners, with the, you know, the pet owners, that's unpredictable. And then design can be unpredictable because people's spaces, you don't always know as you're moving things out and you're taking things apart. You don't know what you're going to find. Like, you don't know that the wall has studs in it or backing in it enough Mm -hmm. to support a shelf that you want to put up or that the ventilation is good enough to dry the paint in time for the episode so Mm -hmm. i think we had our both of us had our work cut out for us sure and also
7: that the cats don't claw something to death or the dogs don't you know eat something (laughs) you know i mean it's just there's a lot going on but i like the happiness of this because what you end up with is dogs and cats with really cool environments and the people you know I mean it's got to be great
8: yeah definitely you know and I think to your point we we also had families with multiple pets so you know finding solutions where everyone could be comfortable you know how could we safely integrate the pets to kind of share a pet cave you right. know so there's you know there's a lot of exciting solutions that we were able to come up with
3: all right, well, there they are. It's Kayla Oliver, the pet expert, and Nina Ferrer, the designer. The show is Pet Caves, and uh, it's coming to Chicken Soup for the Soul. This sounds uh, a lot of fun. Kayla and Nina, thanks for your time.
7: Thank you. Thanks to Hi, the pets. You. Uh, you know, I mean, how great to make them happy. How great. Thank you,
9: guys.
3: All right, no doubt. And, uh, wow. Jenny, we have another uh, interview with someone from the uh, the VA on the other side uh, for about 10 minutes and then we should have some time when he has to go to hear more about Normandy.
10: Okay.
3: All right. I'm Rick Tuttle with Jam Wall. Come on back on Byline. It's
10: the Big Stuff Who do you think you are? It's the Big Stuff You're never gonna get my love
14: Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800
1: 811 7913. 800 811 7913. 800 811 7913. That's 800 811 7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual
15: offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors.
16: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic? These muffins taste bad or an art critic that painting is bad
10: why can't
17: So disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right, uh, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you and Jan Wall. Jan, we're waiting on our guests, so uh, tell us a little bit about Utah, Omaha Beach, the du Hoke, and all that dramatic. All sight. of that,
7: yeah. It took a. It was a whole day. It was about a twelve-hour day. We went from the ship to, um, uh, you know, about an hour and a half ride in buses filled with vets and with. People, young and old, who were interested in the landing at Normandy beaches, and um, you know, had lectures on the way there and back, and quotes from you know Eisenhower and uh, all kinds of people, and it was just you know, I mean that they played these these sayings, and it was just so um, stimulating because once you were there. Um, at the beaches there's a series of stops and one of them is a movie that shows you in surround sound what was going on there no talking just pictures and it was just wonderful are you there yes Yeah, just terrific (laughs) well there's some interesting sounds very very (laughs) it was very moving and um, this one guy talked a lot about saving private ryan and the similarities to reality in that movie and how much Spiel- Spielberg wanted everything to be real. God, it was great. It, was, right. it was a great cruise, and, and it was a wonderful experience to be there.
3: Great stuff. We have a few minutes now with our guest, Michael Fisher, Chief Readjustment Counseling Officer for the Veterans Health Administration, and we're here to talk, talk about something quite serious, and that is Suicide Prevention Month. And we have suicide, uh, you think it would be every day, but last year over 200,000 veterans uh, ended up taking their own life. And uh, Michael, as someone who was uh, who's a vet yourself, uh, well, what are some of the tangible things you guys are, are trying to do with our troops coming back home and dealing with this type of depression?
18: You know, I think the first thing is it's about access into services, which is why we're here today to talk about vet centers, which are community-based counseling centers across the country. We are a part of VA, but we're separate from VA medical centers. And the reason we did that is to help reduce any stigma associated with receiving uh, counseling services. The one thing that makes us unique is also is that our staff, for the most part, are also veterans themselves.
7: Wow, that's great. So people can have direct access without going through the hoops of the VA or the government agencies.
18: You know, I, I, I think our role is about working to decrease barriers to care, and I think that gets into our services. Vet centers provide individual group, marriage, family counseling. We also have partnerships with both community partners as well as the larger VA healthcare system. So that way if an individual you know, needs to have that referral over to other services, we can make that referral. All of our services that are designed, it's really about helping that veteran service member set a goal, then create a support structure around themselves to accomplish the goal, they accomplish it, and then identify another one. And it's this lifelong process of doing that over and over again.
7: What got you involved in this?
18: You know, in 2005, I just got back from Iraq. I was in a medical hold unit getting surgery because I got hurt, uh, and I was just trying to figure out what my life was going to be, and I was struggling, and it was a vet center counselor that wouldn't let me shut my barracks room door on him until I came to talk to him that made all the difference. You know, in my time when all I wanted to do was say no, he helped me say yes, and I submit to you, that's what we do at vet centers. Now, that's just my own story, and I think it's important to say that every veteran, every service member has their story, has their goals. And what makes Vet Center special is that ability to put you as a veteran or service member, you are in the driver's seat of your care, and it's about then setting you know up unique goals that meet your needs.
3: What is it, too, with the families? Because, as we know, everyone is affected, uh, especially when there's a service member overseas. The, uh, the parent at home has to really pick up both. Uh, parenting jobs can families use the vet center as well?
18: Absolutely, and I, I think you know when you talk about eligibility, veterans, active duty service members, members of the National Guard or Reserve who meets our eligibility can use vet centers. Our eligibility is based around uh, service in dangerous places like a war zone, or experiencing certain kinds of trauma like military sexual trauma or or war zone trauma. And like you said, family members can also come and use our services. I think it's also important to say that uh, the individual does not have to enroll in VA health care. They don't have to have any kind of service connection. Uh, in fact, we also don't charge for our services. Everything was prepaid by their military experience, and we also allow individuals with with, with problematic discharges come in.
10: Mm.
7: What is your ratio men to women?
18: Right now, this is something that we're really proud of. About. 14 or 15% of those that we provide services to uh, are women veterans. That number is growing every year, which is something that we're proud about. I think that speaks to our ability to reach out into those communities and create that safe place uh, to begin to set whatever goal you might have.
3: And then, of course, you talk about the stigma of just asking for help, and we know that a lot of people in the military are very proud and think that they can take care of themselves. And uh, how do you try to break through that, uh, that tough veneer?
7: Good question. Yeah.
3: You know, I,
18: I think in part it's about hiring a lot of veterans. Uh, and so we, can, we, you know, we speak the same language. We have similar experiences and things like that to help reduce those barriers,
7: those barriers
18: that, that come up like what you brought up.
7: Oh, meeting so many veterans on this trip I just took, a, uh, my heart just goes out to the people seeking help and people who were telling me that, like, years later, they needed to go seek help. So five years, ten years, maybe even 20, after their service, they needed help.
18: You know, I think that's so important, that point that you brought up, and this speaks goes back to our eligibility. Vet Center eligibility is lifelong. So you can come in today, you can come in tomorrow. You can come in 30 years from now or for that entire 30-year period.
3: You know, you think about cycling back into uh, everyday life, and you might go from a foxhole to pushing a grocery cart down an aisle. How hard was it for you to make that transition back to civilian life?
18: You know, it it was difficult for me, but what made it easier was connecting to the Vet Center, being able to have someone help me work through what are my goals? And helping me with that conversation about what's the next step. And really it goes, also goes back to being finding a place that I was able to create community with. And that's what makes Vet Centers, uh, where Vet Centers shine, is that I think we're in the business of, of connection, camaraderie, but also community. Oh,
7: so important. I hope that uh, I know Rick will
10: tell
3: everyone how they can reach well, out. Well, yes, to you. you can go to vetcenter.va.gov. Once again, vetcenter.va.gov. We've been speaking with Michael Fisher, Chief Readjustment Counseling Officer of Veterans Health Administration and a veteran himself. Michael, you're doing the Lord's work. continued. You are, you are Michael.
18: Thank you. Thank you so much. We have amazing staff across the country.
3: Great stuff. And Janny, uh, wow. we got a couple minutes, um, a couple uh, little uh, highlights, more of your trip. Please. Okay,
7: well, okay, so um, if we get off the beaches of Normandy, which we really should, get the hell off. My God, what a dangerous thing. Um, okay, I went to the Titanic Museum in Belfast. Wow. Now, if anybody goes to Belfast, I felt so sorry for some people on this cruise I was on because they didn't go. They said, oh, enough with Titanic, I've seen it all. No. This museum is remarkable. They have poured so much into this museum, and I love the Irish. You know, we were in three different ports in Ireland, Waterford, um, Belfast, and and, um, marvelous uh, You know, only the capital, right? Dublin. Yes, Dublin. Hello. Um, And it was so fabulous um, to go to this museum because, as the Irish say, with their wonderful sense of humor, even though they've been through everything in the world, their great sense of humor, they say, Hey, the Titanic was fine when she left Belfast. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we didn't do it, um, but they did build it. And they take you through in this museum. They take you through in the most high-tech way, using everything from photos to... uh, reenactments to everything you think of, how they built it, what happened when they sailed, how they sailed, different classes, all kinds of artifacts, and then at the end you get what happened and the trial. Uh, I'm telling you, this thing was a great museum and nobody should miss it.
3: When you were in Northern Ireland in Belfast, mm-hmm, did mm-hmm. you see any remnants between... Yeah,
7: they're not remnants, Sonny. It's still happening, mm. of the troubles. Yeah. Okay, so we had a private guide. I asked for someone who was not working for the state, not working for the cruise line. I got somebody who was willing to tell us everything and show us everything. They still have, okay, to this day, right now. What do you think of the movie Belfast, asked I? And he said... The movie Belfast didn't go far enough. It doesn't show you how it's still going on and how violent it still is and how violent it really was. And so they took us through. There are still two sections of Belfast with gates, iron gates, that they close every night at 9 p.m. It's the Protestant section and it's the Catholic section. And I'm telling you, it is, it is happening. It is still there. And that kind of uh, stress and conflict is still alive.
3: Yeah, it is amazing. People who don't know, the top of Ireland, Northern Ireland, is mm-hmm. the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and uh, which, by the way, it's the first time in our lives it's a kingdom again. Isn't that something? Of, what do you think of that?
7: Well, uh, she was a long time ruler, and a lot of Brits don't know anything but the Elizabethan reign, and so this is going to be a new change for them. The good news, and I've met actually now King Charles, I can't believe I met him and the Queen Consort, Mm. Um, but um, he said he's very into the environment. And so since the new prime minister is not, it will be really great to see maybe that he'll make some difference.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Liz Truss, what was she in? Two days before the Queen died, wow. All right, big changes. Jan Wall is with us. On the other side, we will have author John Krampner talking about Ernest Lehman. Come on back on Titillating Sports.
19: Everyone's getting more with Verizon, the network America relies on. For real? Yep, for real. New and current customers can get the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4 on us with select trade-in and select 5G unlimited plans. Plus, get $200 when you switch. Nice. Everybody's getting more with the network America relies on. Verizon, 5G ultra-wideband available in select areas. $999.99 device payment purchase with new or upgrade smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required. $200 Verizon e-gift card with code. Less up to $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trade-in conditions and additional terms apply.
21: Are you looking for solutions for health and wellness at home? Please visit antiagingbed.com. They are on a mission to use proven technology to provide you with healthy solutions to many conditions that affect all of us physically and mentally. Use promo code wellness for your discount. Antiagingbed.com. Technology proven to help you feel your best. Use promo code wellness. Antiagingbed.com. Feel your best.
17: You must be crazy. Use a D.O.G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: All right, that's elaborate. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco, around the world, on the American Forces Radio Network. A lot of people might not know the name Ernest Lehman, but he's quite possibly the greatest screenwriter In history, writing North by Northwest would have been enough, but The King and I, Sabrina, West Side Story, The Sound of Music, it goes on and on, and so we have a brand new book just out this week called Ernest Lehman, The Sweet Smell of Success, available from University of Press of Kentucky, and uh, its author, John Krampner, Joins us right now, John, welcome to the program. Uh, obviously, a guy who uh, made amazing movies, but very little was known of his personal life. Is this kind of why you wanted to write a book about him?
22: Well, actually, I was uh, more interested in the the movie aspect, which is probably just as well he he was very i mean he was a brilliant screenwriter, but not really a very colorful person, so it, uh, it, it, it made sense to go in uh, looking at the movies first.
7: You know, I love this book so much, John. This is Jan Wall. I hate the cliché. I couldn't put it down, but I couldn't put it down. Well, thank you but, so much, I mean, Jan, really, I, I and I disagree that. with you about the colorful. You have so many feuds and battles that he made with movie stars. I mean, you know, from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf when he had all kinds of problems with Mike Nichols to, um, you know, his relationship with Streisand on Hello, Dolly, to Portnoy's Complaint. and, And, I mean, this guy had all kinds of hell he went through on the set. So what I love in this book is there's so much Hollywood sort of dish and battles and gossip. I mean, it's not gossip because you've meticulously detailed it. But, boy, is this hot stuff.
22: Well, well, thank you so much, because I, you know, I was really trying to uh, strike a balance between uh, kind of going through these movies and, you know, explaining why they were so important, but at the same time, I really wanted to take the readers, uh, you know, uh, behind the scenes, uh, uh, into the studios, onto the locations, and really... Uh, That's
7: what you did. Yeah. Well, and the sexuality, I hate to sell books for you, honey, but the sexuality just drips in this book. <laughs> I mean, I I, I don't the, know where um, you get the idea he wasn't colorful. This guy had more sex and was interested in sexual, and there's so much in here, like Burt Lancaster, one of my favorite movies ever made Sweet Smell of success. Lancaster was such a, a, a womanizer, and Lehman later on became one, and, and, and it's just, it's just remarkable. Uh, it just drips with with Hollywood lore.
22: Well, yeah, um, Lancaster in particular was—I was, mean, he was such a scary person that his uh, uh, the Heck Hill Lancaster offices in Beverly Hills—they had a, a little aviary with finches in it, and whenever a Lancaster entered the room. The finches would all go silent. <laughs> you
10: know,
22: the, uh, I mean, he was just a very spooky person. But mm-hmm. yeah, the um, it's uh, Hollywood has something of a you know deserved reputation for being a a, a hotbed of uh, carnal activity. And, oh
7: yeah, yeah, and it's all in this book. You know, Lehman was right in the middle of all of it. He was on the set all the time. It's hard to believe he was a screenwriter because. I mean, that's, of course, crucially important, but he was on the set all the time.
22: Well, not not for always. It really kind of varied by movie. Like, um, the, the ones that he produced, he was always on the set for. Uh, he was often on the set uh, by North by Northwest because, you know, he uh, was kind of almost, in a sense, making the story up as he went along. Right, right. And so sometimes Hitchcock would say, well, you know, what happens next? And, you know, he would need uh, Lehman there to uh, to say, well, it's this, actually.
10: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
3: So during all this carnal activity, he had a wife of 50 years?
7: <laughs> you well, know, he was, I mean, to be fair to him... She was having an affair, too, Ricky. Okay. Yeah, well,
22: yeah. He, he had an affair with his uh, secretary at one point, but... On the whole, at least as far as I could determine, he wasn't having all the affairs himself he was he was a pretty low key sort of person, but it's the uh, the people around him who were kind of going wild
7: right and he was a ham i mean for all our radio fans out there, of which there are many, he was a big ham radio operator, so he had a lot of fingers and many pies going around. Just knowing everything going on, he also made huge casting decisions, uh, mm-hmm. and I wish the one for Hello Dolly would have happened, which was Elizabeth Taylor as Dolly. That well, I, wow, I
22: that,
10: would that, that would have been great.
22: Been more successful than,
10: than definitely than definitely. Mm-hmm.
22: Plus, plus, Elizabeth Taylor would have uh, probably gotten along better uh, with Walter you Mathau <laughs> uh, and did. Boy,
10: did but,
7: they, but, they hate to, each the other, huh, yeah. Mathau and Streisand Whoa.
22: Yeah, to yeah. double back to the um uh, ham radio for one sec. You know, Lehman uh lived in uh, Brentwood in West Los Angeles and he had this, you know, huge um, you know, shortwave radio tower on his lawn and it it drove the neighbors crazy because um uh sometimes it would uh interfere with their phones mm-hmm. and on a couple of occasions his voice would turn up on baby monitors. And so, so parents funny. would think, oh, my God, my ba- baby is in jeopardy. So he, he really had a lot of trouble with his neighbors over that.
3: I remember when I was By the way, we are speaking with John Krapner. uh The book is Ernest Lehman, The Sweet Smell of Success. I remember as a kid going to see Family Plot, Hi. which was the last Hitchcock uh, movie. And um, was this also Lehman's last movie?
22: No, he made one more, which was um, uh, Black Sunday. The oh yeah, the 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 Super
3: Bowl movie. I like that one. That's right.
7: Lehman really had his finger on the pulse of what the public wanted to see. You know, he was in really major films.
22: Well, the thing that's so interesting there is that he was kind of like half an artist and half a businessman. Like he would, um, when because he, he was offered a lot of uh, movies to do, and one thing he would always think before agreeing to do it is this something that would be successful? Is this something that the studio should really invest, you know, uh, millions and millions of dollars in? So he was kind of like half a screenwriter and like half a businessman.
7: Right. That's why he was so popular, you know, because studios knew that they he had that in him. And the sound of music, I mean, you know, uh, Christopher Plummer, who played, you know, the Baron, used to call it the sound of mucus, because yeah. he thought it was so sickly <laughs> sweet.
22: The, the thing, what, what's funny about that is that um, even though he was, you know, so sardonic about the film, because it does have a tendency to sort of, lean towards the sweet or even super sweet side, the, the fact that uh, Plummer was just so dark and sardonic really helped to, to ground it and, and just keep it from you know, going off into the atmosphere and just being too ultra-sweet. But so, mm-hmm. so that was actually helpful to the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it
3: also true that, and this goes back to 1979, that Jonathan Demme wanted him to do the screenplay for Silence of the Lambs, and he said, No, thanks.
22: The, um, according to a uh, screenwriter that, that William and uh, associated with afterwards, uh, I believe it was Brian De Palma, I believe it was Brian De Palma, who, uh, well, actually, no, Brian De Palma wanted him to do one of the... Uh, Mission Impossible, Mission huh? Impossible, so yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, and uh, supposedly so, he, um, this, this other screenwriter... Kind of called Lehman in his later years, kind of like the J.D. Salinger of screenwriters. He would basically just turn down everything. He just sort of uh, uh, re- retreated to his house in Brentwood and uh, uh, just just said uh, he was kind of like Doctor No. <laughs> mm,
7: it's just amazing the, his the way he the way he created and 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 the way you show it. I I just felt like I was there. And so many stars. Oh, the biggest stars. His favorite star and his least favorite star.
22: The, uh... Let's
7: I think see. he liked Elizabeth it's Taylor a lot. seemed like it.
22: The, uh... Because they well, did
7: Virginia you Woolf, know, and, you know, that was hard to do. They had to age her and fatten her up and stuff.
22: Right, right, right. Well, actually, the if I could sort of uh, segue a little to the side, I'll say his favorite uh, director was Robert Wise. He made... Four movies with him, A Sound of Music, West Side Story. Um,
7: Somebody the, Up There uh, Likes Me.
22: Yeah, it was that, yeah. that's the movie that made uh, Paul Newman a star. Mm-hmm. And his first movie uh, in 1954, right. uh, the uh, business movie, uh, Executive Suite.
7: Oh, I love exec. I just watched that again. What a great movie. <laughs> the, well, and, and also so um,
22: the... Um, Uh, Oliver Stone really loved that movie, too, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. But he, uh, if I were going to say a favorite
7: I mean, one he didn't like, one he really detested.
22: Well, the favorite star, I would say, was uh, Karen Black. He made two movies with her. They were rumored to have an affair. I I don't believe they did, but but that was the rumor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. In
7: terms
22: of... I'm I'm sorry, but I'm really drunk. Oh, that's I'm, okay.
7: But he I'm, I'm had problems he with lots hide. of stars. I mean, whether they were drunk or whether they mm, were
10: right.
7: refusing, you know, like George Siegel. you know, refusing to do things.
22: The uh, well, actually, he speaking of George Siegel, he he got really angry at George Siegel because um, when they were on location in uh, Massachusetts, you know, doing Virginia the, Wolf, yeah, the ex- external college scenes, you know, for Virginia Woolf. And, you know, Lehman had a, uh, like, a dressing room, because he was a producer. And Mike Nichols, uh, Siegel was staying with him. And Nichols, who really detested Lehman, kind of turned Siegel against Lehman. And so one day, uh, Siegel goes to Lehman, and goes... Why do you have a dressing room? I should have a dressing room. This should be my dressing room. (laughs) And Lehman was furious, but he said, okay, you can have the damn thing, because he he just wanted to do everything possible to get the movie made and the stars happy.
3: Well, the book is uh, fascinating about uh, Ernest Lehman. He was nominated for six Academy Awards, didn't win, but finally got an honorary one in 2001. Mm -hmm. The book is called Ernest Lehman. The Sweet Smell of Success by John Krampner, available now, University of Press of Kentucky, hardcover. Congratulations on the oh, book, John.
7: John, thank you. It, it kept me company on my trip, and it was a wonderful read. Oh, thank you both so much.
3: No doubt. We'll come back on the other side, and, Jan, will hear about Ireland. Where Ireland, even, yes. Even a broken clock is right twice a day in Ireland. <laughs> come on back on Sports Pylon. <laughs>
1: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
23: Has someone in your family lost a job recently, and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately.
1: 800 788 1495. 800 788 1495. 800 788 1495. That's 800 788 1495.
9: You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say
7: that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you I very much. For don't that. interrupt me, please. Thank you.
10: <laughs> what did I just say?
17: You must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what...
3: All right, uh, Gianni, tell us a little bit more about your fantastic trip.
7: Well, I loved Ireland so much. I I just love it there, full of beauty and culture. I went to three places in Ireland, and I just adored it. Uh, Dublin is so great. We all know the Book of Kells. And the Library of Trinity, which is Oscar Wilde's college. Oscar Wilde, my 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 hero. And uh, but I'll tell you, I went to a political pris- prison this time that makes Alcatraz look like Disneyland. It's called Kilmaine Jail. They spell jail G A O L, mm-hmm. and it is so amazing. It's stories of men and women who were held for in- about 1912. They insi- but it goes back till the 1700s. But they insisted on a free Ireland. And sometimes for stealing bread, very La Miserable, they'd get three, four years in this horrible place. Uh, it was just incredible to go to Kill Mayhem Jail. They have great tours of real experts, and I would really, uh, insist, that, I mean, I mean, it that people go there when they're in Dublin. Uh, it's the second most popular thing to do after the Trinity College Book of Kells and the library there. Um, but boy, i I love that Oscar Wilde. I got, uh, his face and likeness, I mean, he's everywhere in Dublin. And I bought playing cards and sayings of his. And then if you ever want to know how Waterford Crystal is made, I am your girl. They took you through this lovely town of uh, Waterford, and they show you uh, a tour of how they did this very uh, incredible kind of art. And then I mentioned the Titanic Museum in Belfast, uh, and a really great uh, high tea also in Dublin. So there's so many things to do there. I even had fish and chips all over the place. Boy, they make them good in Ireland. Uh but it was great. My husband loved the pubs and um, the people are so warm, so wonderful. And Belfast is, is a very exciting place uh, if you get a local tour guide. Don't get one of those guys that work for the government. Get somebody very local, just a cab driver, and you will get stories that you won't believe.
3: Great stuff from Jan Wall. Glad to have you back, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. check in with you next Friday, buddy. Okay. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. we got another two hours. Come on, Rick. <laughs>
16: radio news with Tim Berg. New figures from the Labor Department show jobless claims are down in the United States. The new report for the week ending September 3rd shows the numbers of seasonally adjusted initial claims at 222,000, which is a decrease of around 6,000 from the week before. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announces another 675 million tax dollars in additional aid are headed to Ukraine.
0: The latest package includes
18: more Gimlers, 105 millimeter howitzers, artillery munitions, armed missiles, Humvees,
16: armored ambulances, anti-tank systems, small arms and more. Austin, who served on the board of Raytheon, which is one of the world's largest weapons makers, making that announcement while in Germany. While Hurricane Kay has weakened to a Category 1 storm, the storm is still expected to bring lots of rain and gusty winds to parts of California and Arizona. While the storm is moving up the coast of Baja California, it won't make landfall in the United States. Still, some of the heaviest rain will be in areas east of San Diego and Los Angeles. Significant rainfall is also expected in the deserts as far east as Yuma or even Phoenix. Doctors are continuing to supervise Queen Elizabeth II according to Buckingham Palace. UK Parliament member Ian Blackford acknowledges the health concerns in Parliament.
4: We're saddened to hear the announcement that's been made and the thoughts and prayers of all of us will be with Her Majesty the Queen and indeed with the royal family.
16: The NFL season kicks off Thursday night with the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams hosting the Buffalo Bills. Kickoff set for
15: 8.20 Eastern Time. This is USA Radio News. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-568-2790. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-568-2790. 800-568-2790.
16: Nearly 750 illegal immigrants have died trying to cross the southern border this fiscal year. Customs and Border Patrol saying in a statement that smuggling organizations are abandoning illegal immigrants in remote and dangerous areas, leading to a rise in the number of rescues, but also tragically a rise in the number of deaths. A Democrat running for governor is giving the thumbs up to President Biden's speech last Thursday. From the USA Radio News West Coast News Bureau,
24: Lance Pry explains. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' Democrat challenger, Charlie Crist, made it known he's proud of Biden's recent hateful and decisive speech targeting Republicans. Charlie Crist also thinks Republicans are a threat to American democracy. I thought it was a great speech. You know, the guy's telling the truth. Democracy is at stake in this election. And the point of the spear is Florida. I mean, we have an autocrat in Governor DeSantis who would like to be a dictator of America. He wants to run for president. Uh, That's crystal clear, I think, to everybody. And what President Biden did was ring the alarm and say this is a real threat to democracy in our country.
16: The 9-11 Memorial and Museum is getting ready for Sunday's 21st anniversary of the September 11th attacks. The traditional reading of the name ceremony by 9-11 family members will take place on the Memorial Plaza in Lower Manhattan. Vice President Kamala Harris will be attending the event. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. If you
2: have a small business, Staples has your sign. Banners for my bakery? Staples has your sign.
23: Oh, posters for my new pet store.
2: Floor decals for a pharmacy. Every day, Staples Associates help every kind of small business create bold signs to make big impressions. And now get $10 off custom signs, banners, and posters when you spend $50 or more. This is your sign. So print it big at Staples. Ends 10-1. Visit staplesconnect.com slash thisisyoursign for details.
1: That's 800-298-9093.
0: Rick Tittle knows
25: his sports.
7: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh,
8: he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch.
3: Alright, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Two more hours to go. Filmmaker uh, Louis Schwartzberg. On the other side, baseball today. MLB passed a sweeping set of rule changes. A pitch clock will be implemented in anger, as I would say. And no more defensive shifts. This is from the competition committee. And uh, these votes were not unanimous, but the rule is strict. The catcher must now be in position when the timer hits 10 seconds. The hitter must have both feet in the batter's box and be alert at the 8-second mark, and the pitcher must start his motion by the time the clock expires. So this will be 15 seconds with empty bases and 20 seconds with runners on, I guess, so you can look over. But the banning of defensive shifts, which is a huge strategy now, it's basically a normal occurrence and the bane of a lot of lefties, at least at the plate. You need to have two guys on either side of the bag, and all four infielders need to be on the dirt. So no more guy playing rover, red rover, red rover. That is uh, pretty... uh, well, they want to speed up games, and they think by limiting disengagements with the mound via pickoff or step-off and all the other things, those will not reset the clock. So um, from the commissioner's office, they say uh, player leaders from across the league were engaged in on-field rules negotiations through the competition committee, and they provided specific and actionable feedback on the changes provided by the commissioner's office. Major League Baseball was unwilling to meaningfully address the areas of concern that players raised, and as a result, players on the competition committee voted unanimously against the implementation of rules covering defensive shifts and the pitch timer. Well, this is going to come in now. And by the way, a lot of these owners are in there. John Stanton of Seattle, Bill DeWitt of St. Louis. You got Greg Johnson from San Francisco, Dick Monfort from Colorado, a lot of these other guys. All right. We'll come on back on the other side with
4: Louis Schwartzberg. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
19: Everyone's getting more with Verizon, the network America relies on. For real? Yep, for real. New and current customers can get the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4 on us with select trade-in and select 5G unlimited plans. Plus, get $200 when you switch. Nice. Everybody's getting more with the network America relies on. Verizon, 5G ultra-wideband available in select areas. $999.99 device payment purchase with new or upgrade smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required. $200 Verizon e-gift card with port in Less up to $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trade-in conditions and additional terms apply.
21: Hi, Marsha Hawkins here of Elevating with Marsha. Please stop by MarshaHawkinsAgency.com. We're a full-service multi-line agency, and we offer a unique product called Indexed Universal Life Insurance. It's not your typical life insurance policy. Learn how you can pull money out tax-free in retirement with an Indexed Universal Life product. Please check out MarshaHawkinsAgency.com and book a consultation today. MarshaHawkinsAgency.com.
26: Check out Channel
6: 9. Check
3: out Rick Tittle. (laughs) All right, check me out. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome award-winning filmmaker Louis Schwartzberg. He has a brand-new film called Gratitude Revealed. It is going to uh, be opening here in the Bay Area on the 16th at the Roxy in San Francisco, the new parkway in Oakland, San Rafael as well, will be coming to the Rialto in Elmwood, Berkeley, on the 23rd. A global screening event will happen on the uh, 21st. Louie, welcome to the program. Before we get to this film, I just want to say my my friend April absolutely loved Wings of Life. I just wanted to get that in first.
27: Uh, Thank you and great to be with you, Rick. And um, this is really going to be a cool follow-up to my previous film, Fantastic Fungi, which was a big hit in the Bay Area.
3: Well, is it not an exaggeration to say that Gratitude Revealed is 40 years in the making?
27: It's true. I've been like, you know, you know my, my parents were Holocaust survivors, and so I've always been inspired to tell stories about people who overcome adversity but have a lot of love, hope, and resilience in their life. And so over the years, I've been capturing these little nuggets of experience with people that are remarkable. many of them actually in sports, now that I think about it. We've got the blind ice climber and got the cliff dancers, you know, up in Marin, actually, Bandaloop, ex biker, I mean, Exxon Boxer, Street Losers. So we have a lot of beautiful metaphors using, I think, sports as a way to talk about courage and overcoming fear.
3: Well, your TED Talk about um, being, being, uh, having gratitude, I I should say, went, uh, six million times, people loved it, and I think in our society, especially in the Western world, in the first world, we mostly are trained to think about what we don't have instead of what we have. Yeah. What 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 led you to that TED Talk?
27: Well, um, I think gratitude again with the the background I had with my folks, but also you know that maybe sort of an environmentalist of you know you, you appreciate the little things in life, and you mentioned you know wings of life. That was all about pollination the intersection between the animal world and the plant world that gives us the healthy food we need so if people don't appreciate the little guys the bee because if the bee didn't pollinate that flower you wouldn't have the fruit nuts vegetables and berries and you know all the healthy food we need to eat um and so being grateful for the little things i mean imagine you got a trillion cells in your body they're working in harmony you know you got to be grateful for that because as soon as you get sick, that's all of a sudden when you realize you took that for granted. And so I think in this time now, especially with uh, you know the you know, pandemic, environmental degradation, the politics being as polarized as they are, it's easy to understand that people are you know um, have a lot of disconnection and and despair. So gratitude, doesn't solve all that stuff but what it does it's like one step in the right direction it's about thinking positively for a moment because of all the negative energy that's coming towards us i mean i know i'm on the sports program but i'm sure that i just really talking about baseball but if i was a player going up to bat i would want to have a positive intention in my head that i'm going to hit a home run as opposed to thinking that i'm going to strike out do you agree yes and I think that would affect, you know, that, that's sort of the difference between, I think, the great players, you know, the mental part of it and the physical part. I mean, look at, look at a, a free throw, right? Any, I can make a free throw. You can make a free throw. Kids can do a free throw. So why isn't a pro basketball player at 100% on a free throw line?
3: Mm-hmm. I
27: think it's the mental pre-visualization of whether or not it's going to go through the hoop or not.
3: No, it's a good point, and uh, I know in this film you also check in with Jack Cornfield, who's an interesting guy. He's sort of the yeah. guy who said uh, just because you're born in America doesn't mean you can't learn the Buddhist teachings from the Far East, and I know that kind of sums him up in a nutshell, but what did, what did Jack have to say when it came to gratitude?
27: Oh, God. Oh, I think with, with grat- what Jack did, you know, he kind of shifted a lot and talked about patience. And then patience is about trust and trust in letting your life unfold and trusting in the fact that it's a great mystery and that you are gratitude. You know, you don't have to work at it. You are a gift to the world right now as to who you are and love it and nurture it and just be it.
3: You also have Lynn twist and she's very interesting as well because she talks about, you know, her term, the soul of money and releasing mm-hmm. the burden of having money or not having money. So how did that fit into the gratitude project?
27: Yeah, well, because generosity is the, another one of those values that adds up to gratitude. And people who are generous, we've all you know heard that phrase that it feels better to give than to receive. Is another way to like engender gratitude, but also people that have less, some, many times are, are happier than people that have a lot of material things. So having a lot of material things doesn't make you, you know, happier. And I think the generosity, that feeling of giving, giving, sharing the gift of gratitude with others, letting them know that you love them, letting other people know how grateful you are that maybe they mentored you at some point in your life. We forget to circle back and share that with people. And when we do, scientific studies, you know, prove and show that it makes you healthier. You live longer, reduces heart rate, respiration rate. All these things are beneficial when people practice gratitude. And for many people, that might be just doing like a journal. Just write down three or four things you're grateful for every day, and you can see how it can improve your life.
3: You also, and I know you're connected with Cal, and speaking of Cal, uh, Dr. Christine Carter is from there, and and she wrote a great book called Raising Happiness, and it's about making Mm -hmm. happy kids and making happy parents uh, as well, and what did she have to chime in on it?
27: Oh, that that happiness is like, well, with the research that she does, like, we tend in psychology to study the people that have, you know, that are dysfunctional, you know? And what she's pioneered in the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley, they really focus on, like, just for people like you and me, you know, what can make us, quote, unquote, happier, looking at people that are, quote, unquote, normal, how can you increase that feeling of happiness and gratitude? And I think that being able to look at that, and also she warned about the negative effects of of this digital technology, where you have a phone in your pocket, and You you can't let four seconds go by without calling that boredom. (laughs) you got to check in on this computer where you're not able to ever be present with yourself. So this constant need to be connected online creates a lot of stress and anxiety, and I think we all know that.
3: Last question for you. It's, it's one thing to impart all this knowledge, but you're a filmmaker. You need to entertain people. You need to give it a cinematic experience as well. So how do you blend that all in to make it a great, quote-unquote, movie? Yeah.
27: Right. Well, every story I do has to be really visual, uh, like the ice, you know blind, the blind ice climber climbing up a, a wall of ice. Um, I use, everybody says my imagery is beautiful. Beauty is part of the story. Beauty is a dangerous tool for survival because we protect what we love. So the stories that I select are visual. Uh, it's not a guy sitting behind a desk writing a book. Uh, we got cowboys. we got ice climbers. we got boxers, street losers, um, farmers, you know, remarkable but ordinary people doing their thing and all across this country and all across the world. That makes it really like eye candy for people to watch. It engages you, and then you still get to absorb the nutritional value of the words that are being spoken.
3: It's going to be a big hit. Gratitude revealed coming to the Bay Area on the 16th at the Roxy in San Francisco, the new parkway in Oakland at the Smith-Raphael Film Center in San Rafael, over at the Elmwood in Berkeley on the 23rd and globally a couple of days before that with Louis Schwartzberg Louis congratulations on the film and thanks for stopping by
27: you're more than welcome keep up the great work you do as
3: well thank you so much Michael Lombardi on the other side with his new movie I'm Rick Tittle, come on back
4: Pricing information 800 915 9654,
1: 800 915 9654, 800 915 9654, that's 800 915 9654.
20: Listen up, guys. Are you experiencing any of the following fatigue, less drive, poor performance? If so, you may be one of the nearly 30 million men in the U.S. today dealing with ED. But did you know you don't have to pay hundreds for a prescription anymore? Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
1: 800 761 9334. 800 761 9334. 800 761 9334.
28: That's 800 761 9334. To me, it's like a mountain, a vast bowl of pus.
17: his servants.
3: I don't beat my servants. Uh, We'll throw in our guest when we get him, and uh, we might be getting him right now. I don't know. We'll try again in a second. Uh, 1-800-878-PLAY. I'm going to sneak in some sports talk real quick. The NFL season got underway last night. Did you see it? Uh, I said that the Bills would win. I'm 1-0 on Rick's Picks. 100% baby. Well, they are a favorite to win the AFC. Some people say to win the whole deal. And the Rams are coming in fat and happy after an offseason. They got their crazy rings where you take off the top, and inside there's the steeple with the people. But the people with the jello pudding, and the people with the people. And the uh, stadium, <clears throat> Josh Allen dominant, 270. 297 yards, passing, three touchdown passes. Did throw a couple picks, but who cares? He also ran for over fifty yards and a touchdown. Uh, this guy, he's six foot five and he's big. <laughs> That's his thirty second rushing touchdown. That ties him for fourteenth most in NFL history for rushing touchdowns. When you hear who he tied though. It's very surprising. He tied three guys for 14th. Cordell Stewart, who I can believe, slash. Terry Bradshaw, which is a surprise, but then I think, oh, yeah, they'd get down to the one and he would just sneak it. But it's really remarkable when I think about Fran Tarkenton, the judgeable Bulldog. But he was a little scrambling guy, so I, I guess that's that. But he had his seventh game with three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. He's third place all time. Drew Brees has nine. Tom Brady has eight. So the Bills' defense forced three interceptions, had seven sacks. The Rams couldn't even get four yards a play. Uh, It's amazing to me, too. Like, Stephon Diggs just ran right past Jalen Ramsey. Just ran right past him. And it wasn't like, oh, I thought I had help deep. No, he just ran past him. That's why I was saying the Rams are, like, fat and happy. Cooper Cup, though, still had a strong night. 13 catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. If you're into fantasy football, which I've never been and I never will be, I don't think, that's not too bad. But Stafford, as I said, three picks. That's only the second time he's done that in L.A., and Sean McVay is under 500 for the first time in his career in a season. The previous 5 years he won the opener. So <clears throat> the Bills were not perfect as I mentioned, but the Bills defense was pretty impressive. And you've got a franchise quarterback with some weapons and a good defense. Yeah, that's that's a little scary. And look The first interception was not Allen's fault because Isaiah McKenzie basically handed the ball to a linebacker. And the second one was an underthrow. He's not not perfect, but for 99% of the game, he pretty much was. He spread the ball around seven different receivers. And remember, what are they going to do without Brian Dable? Go from strength to strength. They'll be fine. And Allen just had one incompletion in the first half. It's pretty amazing. Well, that is if you call the two interceptions completions. But (laughs) Uh, the TV broadcast NBC pointed out that Allen was getting rid of the ball at 2.2 seconds per drop back. And that is actually above average. You want to do it quicker than that. But he was getting time to throw. He was relying on his receivers to get where they needed to go. But, as I said, Jalen Ramsey had a tough night. Stafford had a tough night. Alan Robinson wasn't even involved in the offense at all. So, uh, yeah, a great start for the Bills and probably not a lot of card tables. Not intact in Buffalo now. All right, we do have our guest, and it is veteran actor Michael Lombardi. He has a new film called The Retaliators, which is coming out for a theatrical release Uh, from CineLife and uh, Trafalgar on September 14th. Um, And this also has been picked up by Better Noise Films. Michael, welcome to the show. As a movie fan, we'll watch the beginning of a movie and we'll see like six different studios get their little thing in and then we'll say a, a Michael Lombardi film. Can you explain to us how it works that there's like all these different studios involved? Yeah,
25: absolutely. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, what's crazy is there's, it takes, it's just so hard to make a movie, you know? So there's so many people involved. But what really, in this case, it's Better Noise Films. There's a guy named Alan Kovac, he's the CEO and founder of Better Noise Music, um, which has, a, you know, 40 amazing bands. He's like a legendary music manager, and it's also a label. So he backed me on making this film. I have my feet on the ground producing it and I'm now part, we have a film division at Better Noise. It's Better Noise Music. Then when you start to get distribution and you put it out there, there's going to be others. So Life is distributing this film domestically in theaters. Trafalgar in this case is doing it internationally. And then we're going to have two more other companies on here now when we go to all other ancillaries outside of theater so for streaming vod all the uh, sort of downstream stuff is going to be quiver and then there's another one internationally vmi (laughs) so that's how it happens everybody takes a little piece of the pie
3: gotcha all right the plot an upstanding pastor uncovers a dark and twisted underworld tell us a little more yeah so
25: this is a uh it's a revenge tale at the end of the day it's the oldest story in the book right it's like shakespeare and love it's that primal instinct it's uh uh you know saber tooth tiger attacks a caveman's kids and the clan goes after and hunts them but this is interesting because it's done in a little bit of a different manner um It's it's a pastor, as you said, in a small-town, sort of Spielbergian beginning, beloved by his community. And then it just really gets crazy from there. It's a slow burn. It takes a lot of crazy twists and turns. And the third act breaks into this sort of, like, Tarantino-ish, evil dead, just uh, crazy, crazy storytelling. And a lot of crazy things happen.
3: I heard you got a pretty jamming soundtrack, too, huh? Well, that's
25: the thing, because I mentioned Better Noise. Yeah, we have we have some amazing bands and amazing songs in here, and it was great because even though we had these guys at our disposal, like all these incredible musicians and these songs, what we really wanted to try to achieve here was make this a movie first, a film first, and put this in in a very non-gratuitous manner. The film has a wink at the 80s and 90s and all those great films with awesome soundtracks like The Lost Boys and The Crow, Judgment Night. So it has that in the writing. It sort of jumps out at you. But then we were able to tie in to to have access to all these incredible musicians and this music. But again, I think the end of the day, we wanted to make it where, hey, if you didn't know this band, Five Finger Death Punch, they played a motorcycle gang in the movie. (laughs) You would just think they're actors, but then their music's in it, you know, um, because they're all these big, burly guys with dreaded beards. And we, we really carefully put some cameos in this, too, because, as I said, we wanted it to be a film first.
3: Very cool. Now, uh, Adam Ferrara is a good friend of ours here. He's been in many times in the studio when he's come by to do comedy. Are you guys old, <laughs> old Paisan buddies from Rescue Me?
25: Oh, yeah. He's a great guy, funny guy. love Adam. Um, and yes, we are. What a heck of a run on that show. That was a, a nutso show. A lot of fun.
3: No doubt. Do you still have people throwing FDNY stuff at you? Yeah, what's so cool about being part of something
25: like that, man, what I learned about about the firefighter community and the brotherhood, yeah, I can go into most firehouses just to say hello or, you know, show my respect or pay my regards, and, and, and uh, a lot of these guys did love that show, and I think... At the end of the day, it was such a raw show, and it showed these guys as human beings, you know, with flaws. and, and uh, But at the end of the day, they're, they're heroes. They're the guys running into the buildings when everyone else is running out, you know?
3: Yeah. Last question for you. How rewarding is it when you take this to film festivals and people like it? Well, that's what's crazy,
25: man. That's what I was saying. Like when we, you know, the movie's coming out, people are starting to talk about it. It's one thing to read a script and like it, but then to have to make the movie. And then it's another thing when it's it becomes another film in the edit. So to hear people talking about it, and then when I knew, because I said to you, I want this to be a, a movie first, even though we have all this great music. And when we started to get some accolades and into some groups, some arguably some of the best film festivals genre festivals in the world flight fest in the uk scream fest in la we played at the Groman's chinese theater we started to get some awards at opening nights and it was like wow and people really picked up on all the little easter eggs that we have hidden throughout so yeah it's been it's been unreal man
3: great stuff michael lombardi the new movie the retaliators worldwide premiere on the 14th better noise films michael congratulations on the film thanks for coming by
25: Thank you for having me. Be well. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you.
3: All right. You too. We'll come back with Mike Kaplan right here on Byline.
1: You can't get much for five bucks these days.
19: Everyone's getting more with Verizon, the network America relies on. For real? Yep, for real. New and current customers can get the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4 on us with select trade-in and select 5G unlimited plans. Plus, get $200 when you switch. Nice. Everybody's getting more with the network America relies on. Verizon, 5G ultra-wideband available in select areas. $999.99 device payment purchase with new or upgrade smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required. $200 Verizon e-gift card with port-in. Less up to $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trade-in conditions and additional terms apply.
17: 3% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100 percent sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
3: That hurts my feelings. Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the show, stand-up comedian Mike Kaplan. He's down to Becco Road at Goodnight's Comedy Club in Raleigh. And uh, he'll be there Sunday for a 7 o'clock show. Mike is it a pure coincidence that you'll be there on 911?
29: Uh I mean what what else could it be? A plot by the government to have me the comedian perform in NC on 911 when in NYC on another yes it's a coincidence.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now tell us about uh AKA your album doing great huh?
29: Oh, thank you so much. So, yeah, that's uh, the most recent album I put out. I'm the happiest with it of uh, any comedy that I've recorded. I'm very proud of it. Uh, It was originally entitled uh, All Killing Aside, and I was touring it, brought it to the Edinburgh Fringe Fest in 2018, and recorded it in 2019, released it in 2020. Don't know if you know what was going on in May of 2020. But uh, I talked to my album's producer, a guy named Dom, and I talked to my producer, a woman named Mom, And mom and Dom both agreed that releasing an album at the beginning of the pandemic, when everything was so up in the air and uncertain with people's lives and health and so much more, that having an album with killing in the title uh, might not have been the optimal move. So, I mean, here's the thing the album is about loving and compassion and not murdering. It's very anti. I'm a very. I take a. A lot of comedians are controversial, and I'm no different. I take a very strong anti murder. Dance. and so that's what the album's about but if people just read one of the words killing they might be like oh, i'm kill this is killing my interest in this album so we called it aka which is short for all killing aside it's also short for also known as of course and so it is an aka an alias of the original title and uh yeah so uh that is and what i've just said there uh is that's the entire album that's uh not true at all <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do You know what I think it's interesting and this is just uh, this, I I would like to get your response every comedian and I've interviewed tons and tons of comedians for years and years but whenever they have an album they always say yeah it's number 1 on Apple it's number 1 on uh, all platforms right now and I think every album yours actually was though right
29: Uh yeah so here's the thing I've this is my at least fifth stand-up comedy album that I put out and I'll, to be completely honest, I believe it is the first of those five that was number one on iTunes or Apple Music's charts, uh, I believe the day or like the weekend that it came out. And uh, at that time, it's fun. So one thing that was really fun is, I, I, I'll try to get this all right, but at the time that it was number one, it was ahead of, I think, maybe five Weird Als and four like John Mullaney's, like three Jim Gaffigan's, Ooh. two Patton Oswalt, and me. You know, a partridge in a number one tree. Um, and so, I guess the way the algorithm works is that you know when the album comes out, uh, the number of people downloading it, streaming it, buying it, and such. Like, hopefully, if you're not, if you're out and a number of other albums didn't come out that exact week uh, or at that exact day or that exact time then yours gets to be to rise to the top for you know it's not going to be forever uh but it the idea so I, i do think that most comedians are telling the truth when their album reaches number one on a on a certain platform but uh but yeah for how long uh and against whom you know sort of like if your book's a bestseller, it could have meant that it was the only like how many other books came out during that time period. It's it's still it's a great feat. It's look other people didn't write books. Other people didn't release books, but uh, to be the best really does depend on who else you're competing with at the time.
3: No, it's very impressive. Mike Kaplan is with us. He's at Raleigh Goodnights on Sunday. What is talking about where you were an undergrad. Um, and just for fun, because Woody Allen would always talk about Brandeis, what, what is the, the correlation between... Uh, I'm asking, what's the percentage of Gentile students at Brandeis?
29: Great question. So uh, the answer is, uh, it's about a half. It's about 50-50, hmm. which you might think like, oh, one Jew for every non-Jew, or one non-Jew for every Jew. But consider- And you're like, well, oh, that's, that's about even. But... In, compared to the rest of society where I think we are you know three percent like I don't even know what the percentage of Jews in New York City where I live is uh or even in Israel where it's probably a little more there but uh, but yeah at Brandeis it's about 50 50 so if you're looking around and uh, you got you gotta you got it's like flip a coin and it might be and yeah you know, I don't want to make a coin joke about Jews so uh, the point is yeah it's uh there's many more probably almost like you know uh, 16 to 20 to 30 times as many. However, wherever there are, however many Jews there are near you, if it's not that many. Like, I don't know how many Jews are in North Carolina, but there may be more at Brandeis. That's true.
3: Um, I love the fact that you got. Masters in linguistics at, at BU. So, as a linguist, did you think that you were going to be a professor? Were you going? to, I mean, you as a comedian, you have such a, a, a you know the, the vocabulary there is uh, the way you can twist things around is a great weapon to have. But what was what was the goal for that master's degree?
29: Uh, thank you for asking. Number and number two, number three, whatever number. Number one, it's all number one. Number one, thanks for doing all this research into me. It really does. Feel good to come on a show where people have prepared, as opposed to some radio shows where I go on and they're like, "Okay, so tell me everything about you while I go to sleep." <laughs> uh, but these are wonderful, specific questions based in uh, in some real uh, work that you did, and I do truly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will briefly weaponize your own language against you by saying that I tr- I try not to use uh comedy or words or anything as a weapon and now i've just weaponized your own words against you and i'm a hypocrite but uh like you know i understand that in our language we you know we we have the, these uh sort of like violent terms like even in comedy specifically he killed he crushed he destroyed i'm trying to get something else started like he healed he revitalized he invigorated you know he <laughs> he brought back to life but mm-hmm. to answer your question because you you asked an honest question and i'll give you Uh, The the true answer of why I went to grad school was when I was getting to the end of undergrad, where I'd started, I learned about linguistics, I minored in linguistics, majored in philosophy and psychology, and at first I was like, well, I don't think I want to go to any more school, done with school, but then I was like, but what am I going to do? And the thing I wanted to do at the time, I wasn't doing comedy yet but i was uh, playing music writing music recording music and i wanted to be a singer songwriter i wanted that to be my profession and that hadn't happened yet i just my senior year of college started performing gigs all around boston at different open mics and different venues and one of them i found was a comedy club which eventually did lead me to do comedy but when i when i was finishing college and decided to i applied to Different schools, different programs, mostly psychology, counseling programs, and that sort of thing. But there were so many different kinds of counseling, so many different kinds of psychology to do. I was like, I don't even know. My professor was like, just get a PhD. Oh, just get a thing that takes, I don't know, five, ten years, and then you can do anything. And I'm like, well, how about I just do anything that I want right now? I love linguistics, so I applied to the degree just because I truly loved it and wanted to learn more about it. I loved semantics and syntax. I loved growing up, uh, diagramming sentences, and, you know, I love words and ideas and concepts and communicating, and I wanted to study it more, and so I didn't have a specific end game in mind. I just had, like, the mid I was like, I just had the game in mind. I had the playing the game in mind, and so truly, the goal uh, for while I was in grad school was to give myself more time to get discovered as a musician. (laughs)
3: Well, would you, now get ready for this, would you consider yourself a sesquipedalian?
29: Ah, a sesquipedalian. Uh, I think my understanding, the first time I ever heard that word, it was actually in a compound form, Mm -hmm. which I believe is, uh, the word that I heard was hippopotamonstra sesquipedalian, Mm. which I think means the same thing as sesquipedalian, which I think means, it refers to words, and it refers to words that are very long. And so I think that I is actually the shortest word possible, only one letter. And Mike is also pretty short, only three letters. So I would say that I am, I'm not, I'm certainly not anti-Sesquipedalian. I'm very, I'm pro-Sesquipedalian, but I myself, (laughs) uh, to answer yes or no, the binary, I am not Sesquipedalian.
3: What is your favorite big word or your favorite word that maybe is... And, and of course, and, I, and when I do a show like this, I have to make sure I don't throw out these big words, or people will think, "Oh, what a know-it-all, what an ass." So you got to be really careful with them. But what is one of your maybe favorite big words that people don't know or don't use very often?
29: Uh, fair, I guess I would say that most of my favorite words aren't the biggest ones, and probably I, if I I'm thanking I thank you for reminding me of sesquipedalian and hippopotamonstra sesquipedalian, which mm-hmm. might have been, I mean, it's funny to say a made-up word, because all words are at some point made-up words. Uh, no words were just here before humans got here. They're like, oh, look at this, a word. Let's just pull it out of this stone. But uh, a word that I like, I don't know, this is a big one, but uh, copacetic, big fan of the word and concept, copacetic, not mm-hmm. a gigantic one, but you, know, you don't hear it all the time. Maybe, maybe you do, I don't. Mm-hmm. I also, four big words, I feel like the the first big word I learned as a kid, maybe it's a lot of people's first big word, is anti-establishmentarianism, a yep. word we all probably learned, heard, and knew nothing of what it meant at all. I 100% had no idea, and kind of still don't. Uh, I'm like, I kind of know the pieces. Anti, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dis, okay, so those kind of cancel each other out. Establishment, I know what that is. Aryan, I don't, wanna, I don't know about that one as a Jew, but uh, <laughs> ism, okay, we're there. And... But then there's, I feel like here's another one that I would say, the word is cool, and the concept, I think, I think the word means, like, black lung disease, or something related to it, is uh, pneumono-ultra-microscopic, my, pneumono-ultra-microscopic coniosis Wow. Uh, which, I think you could just say, black lung disease. Like, there's a thing they say, <laughs> I don't know who came up with this, but it's like, why use a small word when a diminutive one would do? Uh, a fun joke to demonstrate like sometimes when people use big words when they don't need to uh like sometimes people will do that perhaps to to be like oh I'm, I'm like i i feel like i'm not smart so i'm just using these basic simple words that easily purely communicate my idea instead of you know looking into the thesaurus or the synonym book why do we even need the word thesaurus just look into the mean same word book what we got a dictionary so I think if you can communicate uh, more clearly, more simply, with short words, uh, there is, I think there is a wisdom to that.
3: Yeah, I like that. I remember I was driving on the uh, Autobahn one time, and the word Geischwindigkeitsbegrenzung and I go, what's that? And they like, speed limit. And I'm like, oh, that ah. seems like a ah. super long word. All right, well, we're out of time, but I want to make sure everybody gets to see you in full, your hour, goodnightscomedy.com for tickets, right there in Raleigh. At Raleigh Goodnights, Mike Kaplan on Sunday, at 7 o'clock. Mike, if you're ever in San Francisco, come by the studio. We'd like to have you, man.
29: Oh, love it out there. Thank you so much for having me here.
3: All right. Uh, linguistics are us. Come on back on Sports Byline.
11: Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping.
1: 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409.
23: No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror?
17: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: All right. Instead of talking about college football in the NFL, we're talking about. By the way, Alabama at Austin. How's that? Crimson Tide versus Dixie. The
6: stars at not are big.
3: At, but they will be there, Alabama, without the million dollar ban. They didn't make the trip to Austin. Why not? Well, there were some seating issues there at Daryl K. Royal Stadium, and they're going to have to remain in Tuscaloosa. So uh, Alabama put out a press release. Due to to the seating location and configuration of the visiting institution's ticket allotment at Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium, the million-dollar Band will not make the trip this weekend for the Alabama at Texas football game. Hmm. Well, here's the deal. The visiting institution gets 500 free tickets and can request up to 4,500 more. So what this is saying is that Alabama doesn't want to use their 5,000 tickets on the band. Don't get mad at Texas. Don't get mad at Texas. LSU, when they came in a couple years ago, they put their band all the way up into the rafters. They made it happen. So that just means all the people, you're going to get us tickets here in Austin, aren't you? Well, absolutely. Well, there, hell, there's a tuba player in my seat. Nobody wants to see him. So you're not going to be able to get that Alabama fight song. And that was this guy at the national championship at Santa Clara. I told this story before. I was sitting next to Steve Futterman, CBS News, and Alabama started playing their song. He's like, oh, you know this song, right? Nope you know this one, Rick? I don't know the Alabama fight song. I know a lot of fight songs. He's like, well, this one right now, you know this one. No, I just said I don't know this one. Then a quarter would go by, and Alabama would play the song again. He goes, well, you know this one, right? I'm like, I've told you a hundred times. I don't know it. Clemson, I knew. Hold that tiger. It's literally four notes. Hold that tiger. Pump, 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 pump. That's all they played. And they won. I'm Rick Tittle. we got another hour, so get on back.
16: radio news with Tim Berg. New figures from the Labor Department show jobless claims are down in the United States. The new report for the week ending September 3rd shows the numbers of seasonally adjusted initial claims at 222,000, which is a decrease of around 6,000 from the week before. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announces another 675 million tax dollars in additional aid are headed to Ukraine.
0: The latest package includes
18: more Gimlers, 105mm howitzers, artillery munitions, armed missiles, Humvees,
16: armored ambulances, anti-tank systems, small arms, and more. Austin, who served on the board of Raytheon, which is one of the world's largest weapons makers, making that announcement while in Germany. While Hurricane Kay has weakened to a Category 1 storm, the storm is still expected to bring lots of rain and gusty winds to parts of California and Arizona. While the storm is moving up the coast of Baja California, it won't make landfall in the United States. Still, some of the heaviest rain will be in areas east of San Diego and Los Angeles. Significant rainfall is also expected in the deserts as far east as Yuma or even Phoenix. Doctors are continuing to supervise Queen Elizabeth II according to Buckingham Palace. UK Parliament member Ian Blackford acknowledges the health concerns in Parliament.
4: We're saddened to hear the announcement that's been made and the thoughts and prayers of all of us will be with Her Majesty the Queen and indeed with the royal family.
16: The NFL season kicks off Thursday night with the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams hosting the Buffalo Bills. Kickoff set for
15: 8.20 Eastern Time. This is USA Radio News. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-568-2790. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-568-2790. 800-568-2790.
16: Nearly 750 illegal immigrants have died trying to cross the southern border this fiscal year. Customs and Border Patrol saying in a statement that smuggling organizations are abandoning illegal immigrants in remote and dangerous areas, leading to a rise in the number of rescues, but also tragically a rise in the number of deaths. A Democrat running for governor is giving the thumbs up to President Biden's speech last Thursday. From the USA Radio News West Coast News Bureau,
24: Lance Pry explains. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' Democrat challenger, Charlie Crist, made it known he's proud of Biden's recent hateful and decisive speech targeting Republicans. Charlie Crist also thinks Republicans are a threat to American democracy. I thought it was a great speech. You know, the guy's telling the truth. Democracy is at stake in this election. And the point of the spear is Florida. I mean, we have an autocrat in Governor DeSantis who would like to be a dictator of America. He wants to run for president. Uh, That's crystal clear, I think, to everybody. And what President Biden did was ring the alarm and say this is a real threat to democracy in our country.
16: The 9-11 Memorial and Museum is getting ready for Sunday's 21st anniversary of the September 11th attacks. The traditional reading of the name ceremony by 9-11 family members will take place on the Memorial Plaza in Lower Manhattan. Vice President Kamala Harris will be attending the event. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. If you
2: have a small business, Staples has your sign. Banners for my bakery? Staples has your sign.
23: Oh, posters for my new pet store.
2: Floor decals for a pharmacy. Every day, Staples Associates help every kind of small business create bold signs to make big impressions. And now get $10 off custom signs, banners, and posters when you spend $50 or more. This is your sign. So print it big at Staples. Ends 10-1. Visit staplesconnect.com slash thisisyoursign for details.
14: Call Rate Genius now. 800 811
1: 7913. 800 811 7913. 800 811 7913. That's 800 811
15: 7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors.
7: Rick
0: Tittle knows
22: his sports.
7: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh,
8: he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Alright, welcome back to the show. Got another hour to go. J.D. Sharp, Chris Porter, Brant Tobler. They're all here. Just looking at my Oakland A's, we got 25, 24 more games left. They're 50 and 88. That means they got to win 12 games to avoid 100 losses, which basically means they have to play 500 ball the rest of the way. Yeah, they've got three left against the White Sox. They've got, and the White Sox beat them 14 to two yesterday. Two on the road against Texas, four on the road at Houston. Then they get the Mariners and the Mets. Mariners fighting for a wild card, Mets fighting for a division and wild card. They got three more at Seattle. The Really the only soft touch they have are two at Houston, and then they have six against the Angels. Three down there, three up here to end the season, except they have Shoei Otani and Mike Trout and more talent. So, I can see five or six wins in there. <laughs> it's like a four-game set in Houston. They'll find one way to... Somebody will drop a ball in Houston. They'll win one of those. Seattle will win four out of six. And then the Angels, they'll, maybe they'll split. They'll go 500. That's like I said. That they, they need 12 wins. No. No. And at the beginning of the season, I said, when you embrace 100 losses like that, then you're going to have to. And somebody's like, what do you mean embrace 100 losses? It's not possible. The A's are scrappy. It's not the uniform that plays. It's the guys, and they got rid of all their good guys. All right, I'm Rick Tuttle. As I mentioned, we have another hour to go. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. 1-800-878-7529. Get in and get heard. We're also on CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, and your cable provider, American Forces Radio Network, as I mentioned at the top of each segment. Very proud and privileged. Uh, Titletting Sports with Rick Tuttle is a Facebook fan page. Big fans, I'm so famous, and at Rick Tuttle's Twitter. Come on back.
0: Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future.
29: Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now.
19: everyone's getting more with Verizon the network America relies on for real yep for real new and current customers can get the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4 on us with select trade-in and select 5G unlimited plans plus get $200 when you switch nice everybody's getting more with the network America relies on Verizon 5G ultra wideband available in select areas $999.99 device payment purchase with new or upgrade smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required $200 Verizon e-gift card with in. less up to $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months 0% APR trade-in conditions and additional terms apply
28: Right now, sports betting is the fastest growing industry in the world. To consistently cash tickets at the sports books, it's best to be armed with the right plays from the best sports bettors in the business. That's what you'll get at AgainstTheNumber.com. At AgainstTheNumber.com, you'll get specialists with decades of experience betting multiple sports at a high level and many sports-specific packages from the NFL to college basketball to cricket to soccer to the European tour that gives you a consistent edge on the sports book. For a highly skilled, reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing, and one thing only, beating the books at their own game. Visit AgainstTheNumber.com. That's AgainstTheNumber.com.
1: This view was worth a hike.
14: Right?
1: Yep, even those in early stages.
17: This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Coligard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer.
1: Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit coligard.com.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. We're looking for our guest, and when we get him, we'll throw him on the airwaves. You know, Albert Pujols is fast approaching 700 home runs. We haven't seen anybody get to that plateau since Barabbas Lamar Bond's here. And, of course, he joined only Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. Three players to 700. We're talking about elite hitters in the history of baseball. We know it's a dynamic, dynamic, ginormous Enormous. I think that's good. Number. The active leaders in home runs right now are Miguel Cabrera. He has 506 at age 39. Nelson Cruz, who the A's traded to Milwaukee for Keith Ginter, 459. He's 41. Giancarlo Stanton has 371. He's 32. And Joey Votto has 342. Wow. He's 38. We know that Aaron Judge is at 209. He's 30 years old. Can anybody else get to 700? Mike Trout has 338 and he's 30. His average when he's healthy for a whole season is 40. So the thing is in that COVID 60 game season he only played a little over half the year and this point this year only 91 games even though his home runs have picked up lately. But he's not even halfway to 700 and has back issues. Bryce Harper's 29 with 282. He'll probably play into his 40s, even though he got hit by a pitch and broke his thumb this year. But he's 68 home runs away from the halfway point. It's not realistic. Manny Machado at age 30. Uh, 275 home runs. He was very consistent for a while there. 35, 37, 33, 37. 700? Nah. Raphael Devers. He debuted at 20 years old and hit 10. He had 38 last year. He's up to 137 at the age of 25. So he's six hundred. Short. Well, almost six hundred short. <laughs> Juan Soto. This is maybe your best bet. Twenty-three years old with a hundred and twenty-two dingers. Albert Pujols only had a hundred and fourteen at this point in his career. He's ahead of the pace, but he only has twenty-four this year. When Albert Pujols was this age, he hit forty-six. The next year, he hit 41. The year after that, he hit 49. So, yes, he's ahead of him by age, but he's got to pick it up. Ramo de Cunha, he's 24 with 115. Nah. might say Vlad Guerrero. He has 99 home runs, and he's 23 years old. 600 more to go. 601. He hit 48 last year. It's in him. If he puts together a run like that, maybe so. He's only, only, in quotes, 27 this year. Fernando Tatis Jr., the self-saboteur, 22 years old, 81 home runs. Of the 24 players in Major League history to top 75 home runs through the age of 22, Tatis Acuna And Joe DiMaggio are the only ones to have appeared in fewer than 330 games. Tatis, 273 games. Injuries, pandemic, suspension. 162-game average, he's 48 home runs. Broke his wrist in a motorcycle accident in the offseason. I mean... He's not going to play again until May. Well, he'll be 24 years old. He really needs to pick it up. Maybe Julio Rodriguez. age 21, 21 home runs. Well, Pohole's 37 at that. Let me just tell you Albert Pulholz's first 10 seasons by home runs. 37, 34, 43, 46, 41, 49. 32-37, 47-42. Well, he's going to be a Mariner that long. He is signed. But Soto is probably the best bet. Guerrero isn't a terrible bet. But I just, like I said, I I just don't see it. Because when Pujols was 35, he hit 40 home runs. I mean, he's in his 22nd season now at 42 Seven hundred is an absurd number of home runs for one player it 's possible that none of those guys I mentioned will even get to six hundred. All right one eight hundred eight seven eight play news from the NFL. <clears throat> The Baltimore Ravens were unable to read a contract extension with Lamar Jackson. Today was Jackson's self imposed deadline to get the long term deal done. That means he will play on his fifth year rookie option. It's a guaranteed twenty three million dollars. Poor guy. But the general manager there, <clears throat> Eric DeCosta, he choked. He blew it, y'all. Here's his quote. Despite the best efforts on both sides, we were unable to reach a contract extension with Lamar Jackson. We greatly appreciate how he has handled this process, and we are excited about our team with Lamar leading the way. We will continue to work towards a long-term contract after the season, but for now, we are looking forward to a successful 2022 campaign. Whew. He liked how he handled it, tweeting out the teeth with the pay me in it. You blew it. He's going to be a free agent now. Everybody locked up their guy. Everybody. You're not going to lock up the MVP of the National Football League from a couple years ago? Jackson said, today I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it the whole year. He said, I haven't thought about any injuries or anything like that. I just came off one last season, and I'm feeling pretty good this season. I don't even want to put that in the atmosphere. It was a pretty big risk last season. The year before, I wasn't thinking about contract negotiations around that time. This season, it's going to be the same thing. It's I'm just going to play football, and anything can happen. But God forbid the wrong thing happens. I'm keeping God first and just playing ball like I've been doing, unquote. Jackson's agent is himself, so you could say he blew it, but the rumors that we have seen nationally is that the Ravens did not offer him $250 million guaranteed last week, but DaCosta, the GM, was asked how negotiations were going on Wednesday, and if they were getting any closer to a contract and um, he said, ask Lamar, and then Lamar said, ask DeCosta." So the Ravens are taking a huge risk. Baltimore, in the 49 games he started, have won 37. Jackson is the first quarterback in NFL history to reach 35 regular season wins before 25 years old. He has com- competed, competed completed over 64% of his passes for nearly 10,000 yards. 83 touchdowns, 31 picks. Oh, yeah, and he's rushed for over 3,500 yards and 20 touchdowns. He is the fastest quarterback in league history to reach 5,000 passing yards and 2,000 rushing yards. His 10 100-yard rushing games are tied with Michael Vick. For most in history, he's the only quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards in two seasons. Well... He is going to get north of $40 million per year guaranteed by somebody else. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back with Chris Porter.
4: pricing information 800-915-9654
1: 800-915-9654 800-915-9654 that's
4: 800-915-9654 do you have medicare and do you use a cpap machine
20: Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
1: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334. You're crazy. You're crazy.
2: You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy.
17: saw rick tittle at the laundromat last night and i was hella checking him out i just kept staring at him and he played like i wasn't even there i be like that then
3: that's uh, messed up welcome back to the show rick tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the american forces radio network our good friend chris porter joins us he is at helium portland he's got a couple shows tonight he has two saturday he even has a Sunday show as well. Get your tickets at heliumcomedy.com up there in the Rose City. Uh Chris, good to have you back, buddy. And um you're going to be taping an album, is that right?
26: Yeah, man. I'm taping a special uh uh tonight, two shows.
3: So you got to wear the same outfit twice, right?
26: Well, I mean, yeah, I normally wear an same outfit when there's two shows in a night i'm not beyonce there aren't a lot of costume
3: changes (laughs) now the cool custom made i don't even want to call it a cowboy hat let's just say western hat do you rock that on stage uh normally
26: i would i would rock it as i walked on the stage and then i take it off Mm -hmm. and then uh put it back on as i leave and uh but uh, it's too hot in the rose city for hats
3: now I did say uh special. This is a uh, album. Uh I mean I'm sorry, I said album. This is a special, so are you throwing it on uh YouTube like everybody's doing these days?
26: Yeah, yeah, it'll be on YouTube, hopefully Amazon. I'm you know, just uh probably in about four or five months from now we gotta edit it and make me look pretty and uh you know, CGI some more hair on my head. <laughs> That's all we're just trying to do. <laughs>
3: Well, that is funny when I think about when you started. You had the crazy like Larry hair, and now you uh, are rocking the the short hair. Um, it's a stark contrast, isn't it?
26: Yeah. Well, I just got. You get to an age where you're like, I'm tired of doing my hair, and uh, especially when it, you couldn't really do it. That was just more of a a mop on my head that did whatever it wanted. It was, and uh so, yeah, just one day I got tired of it. Cut it all off, and I've never looked back.
3: Good stuff. So we need to talk about your Chiefs. They're on the road in Arizona. Um, hopefully, you can watch the game before you get up on stage on uh, Sunday night. And it's interesting because Cliff Kingsbury, of course, was the guy that found Mahomes at his little high school in Texas. They go way back. What do you think about this game?
26: Uh, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I'm. Uh, you know, you just never know with the Chiefs, especially with Tyreek out. Uh, I think you're going to see what the enemy is really about. You know, before it was just soul out Tyreek, and if he's not open, it throw it to Kelsey. And uh, now he's he, now I think he's going to have to put a system together, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't really you know you saw a kid in college. I don't I don't think you know he's grown a lot. You might have a couple of tricks up your sleeve, but uh, I, I'm fairly confident we're going to walk away with the W tonight or Sunday night.
3: Now, uh, a little bit a different look with uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Of course, uh, we know what a weapon uh, Tyreek Hill was, but you still have Travis Kelsey, who will probably catch you 80 balls this year. Are you a Clyde's a Clyde Edwards-Lair guy?
26: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you noticed. Uh, The Chiefs only sign players now if they have two last names with a (laughs) hyphen
3: between them. Uh,
26: Because we also have Vontez Scanlon or whatever that dude's name is.
10: Yeah.
26: Uh, So yeah, I think I'm just going to be going as Chris Porter Johnson for the rest of the season. (laughs) And uh, but yeah, no, I mean I'm excited. Uh, That's the great thing about the NFL is that. It's so you know because of the hard salary cap and all those things. It is kind of there is a lot of polarity, so you really don't know. You know, you don't know who's going to come up hot this year, except for the Lions. <laughs> uh, you, you're you're going to be fine. So uh, I'm I'm really excited. I, I love football season, even though it's weird. Like baseball is my sport, but uh, football football's my favorite season. I guess just because it's you know, you have a Monday night game, a Thursday night game, Saturday college, Sunday pros. It's, uh really kind of adds structure to a guy who travels a lot.
3: No doubt. I think I'm a little bit the opposite. I think football is my favorite sport, but I love baseball season because it's every day, baby. I don't have to chew on a loss <laughs> for a week.
26: Yeah, I guess it's true. I, but when you're the Royals, <laughs> Other than two years, uh, it's just, oh, we lost again? Son
3: of them. A... <laughs> By the way, when you were going to talk about hyphenated names, I thought you were going to go with the most elaborate one in Chiefs history, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif.
26: Oh, yeah, the Frenchman, or the Canadian.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, he, yeah, qu- he quit he... to be a doctor, right?
26: Well, he was a doctor to begin with, and then uh, he played football, and then COVID happened, and he was like, I'm going to go save Canada. <laughs> and uh,
3: <laughs> Well, also, you got to love the fact that taking his place, I don't know if he's going to start, but how about Prince Tega Wanogo?
26: <laughs> that sounds like a Hawaiian greeting, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like something they say to you at an airport. When they, when
3: you tip them well. All right. So uh, <laughs> on the defense, uh, Frank Clark, I guess, is questionable for the game. But I'm looking at some some new faces, and that was always kind of the the Achilles' heel we know with Kansas City is that Andy Reid would score 45 points, but maybe the defense would give up 46. So how are you liking them?
26: Uh, I to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, it does kind of hard. I mean, even worse than that was the Vermeil years mm. where it was 56 to 55. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we got, a, our, you know, our, our D our D backs were a problem last year. Uh, you know, that Sorensen kid just kept getting, He looked like a JV kid out there, but uh, they kept putting him out there for some reason, some sort of Rudy-esque thing. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we signed some new guys. We'll see how it pans out. I I honestly don't know. I'm really looking forward to Sunday. They're showing the game here on this coast, and uh, for the first time ever, I bought the package because I'm all in this year.
3: Did you notice, too, that there were a couple Royals one of them being Andrew Benintendi, one of them being Britt Merrifield, they're like, I'm not getting vaxxed. And then the team trades for them, and they go, if you get vaxxed, you'll come here, and they go, okay, I'll get vaxxed. I mean, that was yeah, kind no, of lame.
26: <laughs> yeah, it was super, I mean, especially when Merrifield basically said if the Royals had a better record, he would have gotten vaccinated, <laughs> uh, which is, which just seems like a weird hill to die on. It's like either you want to get the vaxx or you don't. It shouldn't it shouldn't be on your record. Uh, but, yeah, as soon as Toronto was like, hey, do you maybe want to make the playoffs, he was like, shoot me up, boys, whatever you got.
3: <laughs> the people I don't get, like, I understand people are like, look, it's science. Get vaccinated, you idiot. And other people are like, I don't want that vax. It was invented in three months. It scares me. I understand both those sides. The people I don't understand who say, I don't want to get vaxed. Well, here's a $25 Amazon gift card. Mm, okay. Like, (laughs) that's what was holding you back.
26: (laughs) Well, and you know those boys' agents were calling them and being like, I'm going to come over there and stab you for real (laughs) if you don't go get vaccinated.
3: I know. It's like, oh, do you want to play on the Yankees, or do you just want to take this uh, high moral ground stand? And it's like, you know, now that I've done my own research, I think that maybe a vaccine would be good.
26: Yeah, I've started to disbelieve this guy I've been watching on YouTube (laughs) and uh, started talking to my banker, and I'm thinking that the vaccination might be good for
3: me. The banker, that's pretty good. All right, so uh, two shows, you got a hot hour ready to go. What are people in store for up there in Portland?
26: Well, I mean, to be honest with you, if you saw me last time, you're probably going to see a lot of the same stuff just because, you know, this is like the big performance where I do it all again, but uh, this time it's, you know, it's uh, it's long overdue for me to do a special just because of that quarantine and the pandemic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so normally I'm pretty nervous day of show, and today I'm just like, it's like, finally going to get to use the restroom. Like, uh, like I've just been on a long road trip, and now I'm just ready to
3: go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just ready
26: to get this stuff out of me
3: and you were the guy you got your whole family sick at christmas right
26: i did i did i i did rick thanks for bringing that up yeah i did <laughs> uh two christmases ago i may or may not have uh brought covid to the family and uh everybody lived so you're welcome parents and sister you're welcome for the immunity
3: you got you gave and them to, the antibodies that's a good christmas present
26: to be fair got it Pretty sure I got it from uh, a member of a rock and roll band, so you're welcome for the famous COVID.
3: Kid Rock COVID.
26: <laughs> it was not Kid Rock. Oh, it was Chris Robinson. No, <laughs> it, was a, it was actually a keyboardist for a, a southern rock band that would go unnamed, but uh, I still love to death.
3: Chris Porter, HeliumComedy.com, for your tickets up there in PDX. He's going to do a special tonight. You want to get your laughs on it. Two shows, two shows tomorrow, two shows Sunday. Good talking to you, buddy. We'll see you soon.
26: Thanks, Rick. I'll see you soon, Bubba.
3: All right, good stuff. Brent Tobler on the other side. Come on back.
1: That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie
29: bag at Wendy's. U.S. price of participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices
18: may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii.
1: How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
17: Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy.
3: Ah, it's messed up, man. It hurts my feelings. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. Nationally syndicated and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Helium Comedy Club, Philadelphia. Get your tickets, heliumcomedy.com, because on Sunday, Brant Tobler will be taking the stage special live taping. At six o'clock, Brant, welcome to the show. You're doing this in one go, and you're going to tape it, huh? So the heckling and everything will be—it uh, might get in, huh? Yeah, it might
30: get in. We're just doing doing one shot, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully, there won't be hecklers, but I I can't control that.
3: Now, for a Wyoming kid, how do you uh, take to the streets of Philly? What 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 is that like for you?
30: Well, we'll find out because this is my first time in Philly, so i'm uh I'm excited to see philly but no I've never been so i'm I'm gonna fly in tomorrow and and do do the cheesesteak and do all that stuff and then shoot the shoot this show on Sunday and then I'll be out on monday so just a quick quick trip but I'm excited to see Philly because it's one of the few places I haven't been
3: you know what it's uh, interesting too when I think about uh tobler i think Toblerone, Tobleroni the Swiss chocolate company. Uh, uh-huh. nothing to do with you, right? No. If I, if I had anything <laughs> to do with that, I would, I would be, I wouldn't
30: be a comedian. I would just be rich on a yacht somewhere if I, uh, if I had any connection to the to that huge chocolate company.
3: <laughs> so Cheyenne, Wyoming, is not a hotbed for comedy. I love the fact that you made it. How did you uh, get out of Dodge there?
30: You know, I, actually I went to Phoenix. To, uh, out of high school to, I went to I started to go to college I was really just going to college to try to play basketball and then uh, when that didn't happen I one of my buddies was just like you should try comedy and I never even dreamed of doing it because growing up in Cheyenne there's no comedy clubs or anything like you know most comedians said it's something they dreamed about from like the age of five but no I never even thought about it I mean I was class clown in junior high and high school but uh, I never thought about it and then I just so I, the thought came in my head in Phoenix and then I moved to Vegas, chickened out a bunch of times and then eventually I invited, you know, 10 or 12 of my friends and had a couple beers and I just went for it and luckily that first time it went good and I was hooked from that moment on.
3: Was there anybody that took you under their wing and then conversely was there anybody that said, get out of here, you suck?
30: Uh, you know, all the older comics when we started in Vegas, they, they all told us we sucked. It was, It was kind of a, I mean, I know we don't do bullying anymore, but actually, you know, I grew up in sports. And so it reminded me of sports. They were bullies to us. And, uh, you know, I started with, you know, the time I started, about 10 people started and five of them quit and five of us kept going. So, uh, you know, eventually getting their approval was, was like the first big thing that happened in my career was really getting those guys to acknowledge me as, a comic was kind of cool because they would they would walk in and see us and just say bad stuff to us or blow us off. And then I remember the first time one of them walked by, I was like, "Hey guys!" and we were like, "Holy crap!" He, he didn't say anything mean or anything. So <laughs> that was that was the good part. is just getting the the older guys in the Las Vegas scene to uh, to finally respect us was was fun. And then they you know they all mentored us, and I've had so many mentors in this just because as comics. Whatever level I was at, they were they were at at some point. So I always say you don't want to meet your heroes, but for me, the the bigger the comic I've met, the nicer and and uh, full of advice they've been.
3: When you opened for uh, Stanhope, did you have to drink seventy five beers with him? No, I mean we tried to, but uh, <laughs> hey, anytime I opened for him, I don't I know it was fun. I don't
30: remember how it ended, but uh, opening for Stanhope was always. One of my favorites because he's just a legend and, and just a pure comic and uh pure drunk, which uh <laughs> I I would have, I would say I am too. So we uh we drank a lot after and his fans are great, so you know, anytime I did any a show with him,
3: there was plenty of alcohol involved. I was in uh Wyoming last year. I was over by uh Jackson and I went to uh hiked Lake Jenny and did all that. It was just absolutely Beautiful out there. I went to the million-dollar cowboy bar. Did some of the touristy yeah. stuff. But while I was there, some local told me he's like, "Yeah, Kanye bought up all this land." I was like, "What?" I guess a lot of people, <laughs> especially during the pandemic, they were trying to get to big sky country like Montana and Wyoming, huh?
30: Yeah, they, I mean Kanye bought it now. He's he's already sold it, but oh. there's a ton of, There's a ton of rich. Uh, you know, it's funny because all the Wyoming people are like. Keep California out of Wyoming. There's actually a big uh, billboard when you drive. If you had left Kanye's ranch and was driving into Cody, Wyoming, there there used to be a big billboard that said "Keep Keep California out of our state" or something. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you saw how beautiful it is. I don't blame them if if, if you want somewhere just beautiful to live with the best people in the world. Uh, Northern Wyoming is is where I would go, or southern Montana.
3: Now uh, Cheyenne, if uh, you know, I, I think about it. I've never been to, to Cheyenne, but what is it got like 70,000 people uh, like that uh, going to high school there? Um, great place to grow up, or was everybody? Uh, I don't know. What was the vibe? No, great. Yeah, it's
30: about sixty-five thousand. Great place to grow up. Uh, I, I I just had the best time. You know, I our Cheyenne is a very safe place. We just. I just rode our bikes around and played sports all day. And, uh, you know, the coolest part, I would say, is one of the cool parts is doing high school po- sports. Everything's so spread out in Wyoming, so we'd have six, seven-hour bus trips to, to play basketball, and football, soccer games. and then, So you got to stay in a hotel and spend all that time on the bus. And, you know, growing up in Wyoming, I, it, it, was, it was perfect because I just had a... A very fun childhood, and it's just a safe place to grow up, and we just ran wild around the town with never even have to worry about anything.
3: Very cool. A couple more questions for Brent Tobler at uh, Helium Philly. With um, the, the capital so far south, I mean, it's very easy to just pop down into other states, right? How, how much did you do that?
30: Yeah, you know, so, I mean, I'm in Denver now. That was part of the reason. I, I When I left L.A., I wanted to be close to Cheyenne, well, I can't be a comedian, but, yeah, it, it takes me about an hour and a half to get down to Denver, so that was great. You know, it was easy growing up in Cheyenne, wait for the big city, but then if we ever wanted to go to the big city, it was an easy drive. If we wanted to go to a Bronco game or Nuggets game or come down to the airport, so that part was perfect. So we were we were close to the big city but not living in it.
3: Not too far from Laramie. How about them Cowboys? Yes. Yeah, you
30: know, it's it's spent a a million Saturdays over there watching football and basketball and I mean it, it's I feel ba- it's not good this whole transfer portal is not going to be good for the Cowboys because anybody that's good they're just going to come scoop them up and take them out of there but you know it's a it's a Bills town now Everybody's still everybody loves Josh Allen so all my Wyoming friends that live in Laramie and Cheyenne were, were pretty happy last night watching him play great
3: no doubt and I remember looking at a uh, map when I was over there, and I didn't get to the eastern part of the state, but I remember there were a couple towns. One of them was called Chugwater, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah. and, and then my favorite. I actually that, lived
26: in. Did you? I lived in Chugwater.
3: Yeah, I
30: actually <laughs> lived in Chugwater. <laughs> out of it's out of like 250 people, I, I spent a, a couple months up there coaching basketball. And it was awesome.
3: That's awesome. And the other one, the, the one that was my favorite was this place, and I think it was just a post office and a gas station, but it was called Bill. Like, B-I-L-L, like a guy's name.
30: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. You ever heard of Bill?
30: Yeah. there's You know, there's a couple places like that, like you said, that are just a house and a, a flagpole and a post office. <laughs> Population 1 or 12 or, I mean, even Chugwater, living in Chugwater, there's no stoplights or there's one restaurant, one gas station, and a, a high school and a Crazy little town, though. a had a lot of fun.
3: Who's your favorite guy to come out of Wyoming outside of Josh Allen and Dick Cheney?
30: Oh, man. Well, I really like Brandon Demo, center fielder for the Mets. He's from my hometown. And then uh, my favorite band, uh, Chancey Williams and the younger brothers. They're, They're Wyoming boys. So that would be, you know, there's two. James Johnson, who played in the NBA for a while, is from Cheyenne, and Uh, Chris Ledoux and his son Ned Ledoux, country singers. You know, there's, there's not a lot of us, you know, that have in like in entertainment or sports, but so that's why I I can claim fame to being the most famous comedian from Wyoming. But I don't think I've beat that many people. (laughs) I think I think I might have medaled no matter what. Wherever you put me on the list, I think I, I'm probably on the medal stand.
3: But yeah. (laughs) All right. So when you were growing up, your dad went away to college a bunch of times, college in quotes? Yeah. Yeah, my dad
30: was in, in and out of prison most uh, most of my childhood, so that was uh, that was interesting. You know, but my mom told me he was in college. I always, from the age of, like, 5 to 12, I just assumed my dad was in college, and we would get collect calls from, from college. But then eventually my mom realized she had to tell me that he... Uh, he, he was in prison when she thought I was old enough to to understand, so when you I remember did bragging about my dad my, I think my <laughs> friends are like, man, your dad's in college for a long time. he must be smart,
3: which is about the furthest thing from the truth, yeah, not Penn state state Penn right yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> um when you did this is not happening, did you do it with Ari or was it Roy then
30: No, it was with Roy, which I mean I think Roy's great, but it I wish I could have done it with Ari because. Ari's one of my favorites and then you know I would go watch all the tapings and I would just dream of the day Ari uh got to introduce me and then unfortunately you know Comedy Central messed that all up and I didn't get to do it with Ari but it was it was I mean it was still a dream come true but it would have been just a little more special if Ari was the
3: one that, that introduced me last question when you got in a Super Bowl commercial did the whole state of Wyoming go crazy and say he's one of ours yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in there super brief, but that was the the most entertaining Super
30: Bowl cuz the the commercial aired, I think like right in the second quarter and then my phone just blew up and they were like, "Did I just see you at a Super Bowl commercial <laughs> uh, about 200 300 texts from Wyoming?" So, it was uh it was cool. I mean, I never when we were shooting I, I that's when I was living in LA and my friend who was making the commercial, well, it was actually her brother, and was like, hey, can you come be in this commercial? We'll, we'll give you, like, some free food. And I was just a broke comedian in L.A. I was like, this is a free lunch. Let's go do this. Never thinking it would end up playing at the Super Bowl.
3: <laughs> so awesome. If you're in Philly, leave the Wawa's down there in send city and get over to Helium, com Sunday, 6 o'clock, the live special taping. Of our guest comedian Brant Tobler. Brant, thanks for coming on, and if you're ever in San Francisco, come by the studio, man. I would love
30: to, man. Thank you so much for having me.
3: All right, you're welcome. I'm Rick Tittle. We will take a quick break, and we will come back on Sports My (laughs)
10: Line. I, you, Lord, is I wonder if my will ever be a my at the night. I the theater, and that is, life, and that is God.
11: Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. where did you get those clothes?
1: At the toilet store?
10: Right,
7: And the power trigger
17: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right. Thank you for that. Uh, The NFL season is underway, and everybody in Wyoming is happy because Buffalo won. What? I know. you got to know who the quarterback is. Okay. Uh, By the way, if you're a Seinfeld fan, John O'Hurley will be with us. That's Jay Peterman on Wednesday. So we'll look forward to that. Um, of all the games coming up this weekend don't forget the Monday night game Russell Wilson with the donkeys going back to the sea dummies and there was a story from ESPN today that Russell Wilson said about him getting maybe traded to the Browns in 2018 Wilson said quote definitely they tried to a couple of times tried to see what was out there. It's part of the business being a professional and everything else. I believe in my talents of who I am. I feel I'm one of the best in the world. Well, in the words of uh, Doug Baldwin, the Seahawks receiver, he said the Wilson-Seattle divorce was quote, inevitable and was many years in the making, end quote. Why? Well, Philosophical differences. I believe in reincarnation. I don't. And so other reported issues was that Wilson was frustrated at the change in offensive philosophy. Rene Descartes came in. Uh, Also, uh, Wilson lost the MVP award to Lamar Jackson because the Seahawks shifted to a more run-heavy approach. There was also Seahawks GM... John Schneider at Patrick Mahomes Pro Day. What are you doing there? It sounds like he's very sensitive, this Russell Wilson. And uh, like Peyton Manning a decade before him, he's hoping to win a Super Bowl, go to Denver, and win another one. Except Peyton Manning had an amazing defense of DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller and others. So we'll see what happens on Monday night. Intrigue all around, and don't forget the Raiders playing I want to say San Diego but I think they're called LA now thanks for tuning in have a great weekend we'll see you Monday 9 a.m pacific time